Thanks for pressing play. Hi, this is Christopher. And on today's episode, I answer a listener question, when is it okay to turn customers away? And if by chance you have a marketing or category design question or a life question or anything else for that matter, you can send it to blackhole, all one word, at lockhead.com. We're sponsored by our good friends at Oracle NetSuite. Check out netsuite.com slash different today. And our friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything. Visit splunk.com slash D to E. Now, as Joey Ramone said, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockheed on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. All right. This uh, email came in from a gal named Chun, and she says, Dear Christopher, this is such a confusing time. People are on edge. There's a lot of arguing and mistrust in the U.S. It seems like we see more people acting out. And in our case, we've had some customers behave really badly. When is it okay to turn a customer away? All right. Well, uh, first of all, let's talk about the law. And uh, super caveat, caveat, caveat. If you're a longtime listener, you know exactly how much time I spent in law school, which is zero. So I am in no way a lawyer. However, I am a three-time public company CMO and have served on a number of public boards and at least know a little bit about this. So I'm not giving you legal advice. That's not what I'm doing. However, my understanding of the law is that you are allowed to refuse anybody's service, but you can't do it on the basis of things like color, race, gender, sexual orientation, things along those lines, and the sort of conditions under which you refuse service need to be consistent. That is to say, uh, you can't refuse service to people uh, for doing X and then change your mind and for doing Y and so forth and so on. So first thing you really need to do, check with your lawyer to make sure you are 100% in compliance. Uh, that's why big companies have general counsels and that's why little companies have employment and uh, other kinds of lawyers. So check with them. But my understanding of the law is that um, uh, you can refuse service to anybody as long as you're not discriminating on uh, something along the lines I just described. And again, I am no lawyer and I don't even play one on the internet. <laughs> now, here's what I'll tell you from a personal point of view and from a been doing this for 34 years point of view. Uh, I think it's okay to refuse service to anybody who's being uh, a shithead. And we had a situation happen here in the um, Santa Cruz, Monterey Bay area uh, not long ago. There's a super ding dong place in Carmel. By the way, if you haven't been to Carmel, it's a, it's a stunningly beautiful place. And this super ding dong, and also if you're new, ding dong is a term of endearment for something, that, something or someone that's a very uh, high end thing. Anyway, this place is called the Bernardus, Bernardus Lodge in Carmel, and I've actually been there, and it's a wonderful place. Well, it turns out on 4th of July, there was an Asian American family there celebrating a birthday. And there was a tech CEO named Michael Lofthouse sitting near them. And um, he decided to uh, pop off on them with a bunch of horrible racist slurs. Uh, if you Google it, you can see it. And we'll have a link in the show notes to an article uh, about what happened. 
But the bottom line is this guy uh, lost his mind and said a bunch of horrible things. And then something legendary happened. An employee stepped in. A, uh, a server named Jenica Cochran said to him as he was saying these horrible things, it confronted him and said, quote, get out. You're not allowed here. You do not talk to our guests like that. They're valued guests. Get out, end quote. And threw this uh, misbehaving tech CEO out on his ass for being the racist shithead that he was being. That to me is a legendary story. And the reason that's a legendary story is it shows uh, several things. Number one, that the folks at the who run the Bernardus Lodge um, have some core values. And that in one way or another, whether it was formal or informal, they had communicated to their team, uh, including, of course, Jenica Cochran, that um, there were certain behaviors they would tolerate and others that they wouldn't. And racism and acting out and being an asshole clearly was something they were not going to allow. And so Jenica felt empowered to do that. I don't know if she asked for permission. I don't know what she did, but she took action. And so, so that to me is indicative of A, Jenica being a good person and B, the Bernardus Lodge in Carmel creating an environment for their people centered on a set of core values so that in a moment of truth, their people would feel empowered to do what they thought was right. And that's exactly what happened. Now, in my life, I've had a couple of situations like this uh, pop up of late. My father-in-law is a farmer and he um, uh, has a a small farm with fruit trees on it. And um, he's um, he's well into his 80s and um, and he sells his fruit on a farm stand on the side of the orchard. And as you might expect, the whole family chips in. So taking care of the orchard, taking care of the farm stand is a family affair, an Italian family, and uh, the family chips in. And we are there on a regular basis helping Papa out. And um, uh, we have put up uh, signs. We put up hand sanitizer. The signs say, you know, one person at a time in the stand and please wear a mask. And there's a Purell squeezer thing right there so that everybody can be safe and everybody can be clean and cleanly and desanitized and the like. And um, interestingly enough, as a side note, it seems like people love businesses like this even more than ever. Papa sales are going through the roof right now in a way that is very, very unusual. And yes, we're having a good fruit year. It was a cold winter in California. And so that leads to good fruit. But that doesn't explain all of it. I think part of what explains it is people are looking for things that are real and buying fresh fruit at a fruit stand and not having to go inside a restaurant, I think is really appealing to people right now. Anyway, so that's one thing that's going on in our family. And my wife and I were there uh, recently and this couple showed up and they both started sort of entering uh, the area of the farm stand and, and that neither one of them had masks on. And so my wife said, would you please put on a mask? You know, the sign's right fucking there, right? Anyway, they start getting lippy about, really, do we have to do that? And she says, yeah, you have to do that. And they say, why? And she says, well, there's a global pandemic on and we need you to wear a mask. And oh, by the way, my parents are in their 80s and we're not, they're not getting sick. And so wear a mask. And then the woman says, well, I don't see your parents around. Why does it matter? And I, I step in and say, listen, wear a mask. They say, we don't want to wear a mask. And my wife says, well, then you can't shop here. 
And then the guy says, well, we're never coming back. And then I say, thanks, don't come back. And so, uh, look, I know this is playing out all around the country right now. And um, I know this, for some reason, masks have become a political issue. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm going to do tell you a little another story about that in a second. But on this one, our families decided to take a stand. Our families decided to listen to the Stanford doctors and other medical professionals who say uh, wearing a mask makes a difference. And in addition to that, we're doing everything possible to make sure that the old people in our lives that we love don't get sick. And so in this case, we refused service and we told them to stay away forever. Now, I had a somewhat similar situation as it relates to me personally. I have been posting some stuff recently about masks. And in particular, uh, we had heard recently from a Stanford doctor that if the United States, if people in the United States wore a mask for about six weeks, uh, we would get this thing contained. And when I was told that, um, I thought, well, why isn't anybody talking about that? It doesn't seem to be out there very much. And so I posted on social media about this. And the post I put up on LinkedIn was viewed over 30,000 times. I I couldn't believe it. Anyway, um, on one of the social platforms, I won't get into one of the specifics. You know, there was a bunch of people who were being critical and uh, saying, you know, masks are for idiots and for sheeple and, you know, this, that and the other. And uh, one guy started to criticize me and, and this and that and the other. And, um, and he just kind of came right at me. And um, I told him in no uncertain terms, if you don't like my posts, defriend me. Go F yourself. And so here's what's clear. By me trying to help spread the word that masks are good and viruses are bad, I have upset a bunch of people. Because for some reason in the United States of America, wearing a mask has become a political statement as opposed to, as opposed to anything else. And if you don't want to listen to my podcast or you don't want to follow me on social media because I am trying to promote what Stanford doctors and now subsequent to my post, um, the CDC and others have come out and said masks are going to make a very big difference and, and echoed the point that I had heard from this legendary Stanford doc. Anyway, the bottom line is this. If you don't like me or you don't want to listen to my podcast because I'm trying to promote wearing masks in the United States that's okay. And so I think whatever the issue is, there comes a time in our lives as people and as business leaders where we have to A, be clear about our core values and and B, stand up for them. Now, in addition, I think uh, this also goes for employees too. And uh, I got two two quick ones for you on this one. A tech CEO that I know was asked recently at a all hands meeting, because if you're a good tech CEO or frankly, if you're a good CEO at all, you're having regular communications with your people now for sure. And this tech CEO was asked by uh, some folks in the company whether or not the company was going to stop selling its technology to the U.S. government and uh, specifically to the military and to law enforcement. Because these folks thought that selling technology to law enforcement and the military was a bad thing. And you could just tell this was a potential tinderbox. And this CEO, in my opinion, did something legendary, which is make it very clear that he believed that selling to the government legally is exactly what technology companies should do. And that's what his company is going to continue to do. And You ever notice that sometimes the unspoken is louder than the spoken? 
And in this case, after making this statement to CEO, the unspoken that was very clear is, and if you don't like the fact that we're going to sell our technology to our government and our law enforcement and our military, you can go work somewhere else. Now, look, you may disagree with me about that, and that's okay. I happen to agree with this CEO. I think it is unconscionable that American technology companies who in a very real way get to exploit for their own profit technologies that were originally pioneered by uh, the American government, like the Internet itself and many other information technology components that then uh, are created by the government and then commercialized by the private sector to then turn around and say, we are not going to sell to our government. That makes me furious. That's just my opinion. So I happen to agree with the CEO. But whether you agree with me or not, the point is critical, which is even when it comes to your people, sticking to your core values matters. Uh, recently, we just saw Ford do this. Ford CEO Jim Hackett, in response to employees, uh, some employees starting to demand that Ford stop selling its police interceptor, which is the SUV they sell to uh, police forces. He said they're not going to do that. He went further and said it's not controversial that uh, the Ford police interceptor helps officers do their job. And uh, again, did something very similar, which is saying we believe that selling cars to cops is a good thing and we're going to do it. And that is not connected in any way, shape or form. Cops having great vehicles is not connected in any way, shape or form to any uh, reform that needs to happen in the United States and law enforcement. So. Where does that, where does all this leave us? I think whether it's customers or employees or anyone, now more than ever, as individuals and as companies and as brands, it's critical that we are clear about our core values. And most importantly, that we live them. You know, the last company I was CMO of was called Mercury Interactive. We did not have our core values written down. They were, there was no mission statement up on the wall. There were no six words or three words or four words or whatever stating our core values up on, painted on the wall. But Mercury, more importantly than painting them on the wall, lived them. Everybody could tell you what mattered at that company. And uh, everybody in the company knew they were empowered to live the core values and to execute on those core values as employees of the company. And so I think we want to be people and we want to build companies that are clearly tethered to a set of core values that are understood and ideally are clearly communicated to people. The other thing I would say is, you know, there's some companies that will throw the customer under the bus uh, when there's any kind of a dispute between customers and employees. This is one I would caution you about. Remember that our people are the ones that serve our customers. And if we throw them under the bus, we are going to sow uh, bad seeds in our company. And so when there's a conflict, when there's a disturbance, when there's a dispute between an employee and a customer, um, this may be a controversial thing, but I would tilt towards the employee. First of all, get the facts and then be clear headed. Get clear about your core values and check out what did the employee do and what did the customer do and be very thoughtful about um, who you stand with and who you stand against. Uh, because if we're creating an envir environment where our core values are clear and we're trying to empower people to live our core values and we tell our people that we trust them, we trust their judgment and ask them to ask themselves in any situation, whether it's with a colleague or a customer or anyone else, what would a legendary person do here? And sometimes 
the legendary per the legendary thing to do is to tell a customer to take their business elsewhere. The other thing I would share with you is remember the words of American author and philosopher Aldo Leopold, who said, ethical behavior is doing the right thing when no one else is watching. And of course, we increasingly live in a world where somebody's always watching what we're doing. And in the case of um, the Bernardus Lodge story I told you about with the uh, racist, C- racist CEO, um, that video was seen by over a million people. And so wherever we are in the world today, there's probably somebody with a phone who can press, press record and uh, capture us being a great person or a racist asshole. All right. I hope that's helpful. We would like to thank our friends at NetSuite, the number one cloud business system to receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now and to schedule your free product tour, visit netsuite.com slash different. That's netsuite.com slash different. And learn how you can turn data into doing at Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K dot com slash D, the number two, the letter E. And my friends at gocheetah.com are providing spectacular, high-quality wholesale groceries direct to your house in the Bay Area. So you, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, check out GoCheetah.com. I need to remind you that today's podcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. And if you like it enough to listen, why not share it with your whole team? I want you to know uh, we've gotten, we continue to get emails from heads of marketing that you're sharing this oddcast with your team, making it, quote-unquote, required listening. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if that's good management, but I think it's great. Anyway, uh, today's information is provided to you solely for informational service, uh, purposes. Remember to consult your lawyer, shaman, doctor, and mother before acting on anything discussed in today's episode. We are produced and edited by living podcast legend Jason DeFilippo. Check out his podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do legendary te- technical <laughs> execution and build lockhead.com show notes by diane gervasio remember tom waits is right listen to ashley mcbride and the uh, words i'll leave you with today come from maya angelo who said without courage we cannot practice any other virtue please stay healthy stay legendary and until we're together again follow your different.'"